kind of playing around with a few different ideas of what to call this episode. I thought about a few keyword, you know, trendy phrases like burning desire. But to me, burning desire sounds like a anti-itch cream for your junk or something. So, I don't know what to call it, but doing some introspection, you know, I'm going to be 28 in May, May 11, I'm 28 years old, and 28 is not that much different from 27, but 28 is closer to 30, and, um, you know, I don't know, people get weird about these uh, next incremental numbers, you know, like 20 is way different from 19, not really, 30 is way different from 29, maybe 40 different from 39, 50, and 60, you're like old already, 70 and 80, you're like approaching death, like, I don't know. People get really weird about these numbers. Donald Trump is, what, 70-something, and he is kicking it. So, I don't know. Age is weird to a lot of people, but, you know. I don't know. I guess this is more of an introspective episode of me emptying out my thoughts. You know, someone who is striving for creating the life of his dreams, and, you know, it's been seven years of trial and error, you know? How do you stay motivated when you don't have to work any extra, you know? I can pay all my bills, live a reasonable lifestyle, in my opinion, limited, not reasonable, but for other people, they're very happy, you know, and I can work three hours, I mean, three days a week, and I could take four days a week off and do whatever the hell I wanted to. I could probably even lower that to two days if I wanted to stay in a, you know, I don't know, bunk bed, then I would you know, but if that was the goal to maximize time off, you know, yeah, you could do it. You could work two two days a week, cut all your expenses out, and live a very limited, if not boring, life. You could, right? You could go to school, get a master's degree, uh, crank it out, you know, to try to make, I don't know, Two or three hundred thousand dollars as a salary. You could go to medical school, be a doctor, be a surgeon. Neurosurgeons are the highest paid doctor. You could try if you're good enough. You could try, go to law school, pass the bar, be a lawyer, be a partner in a firm, be a senior partner, get your own firm. I don't know, you might make seven figures, maybe, if you're good. You might make more if you're really good. Bottom line is, we're all trying to pick these avenues of fulfillment in our life. And, you know, the one I chose is the one of the most flexibility, but 
you know, I'm going to be 28 years old. I want nice stuff. I want money. I want the life of my dreams. I want to be proud of what I do. You know? It's like everybody wishes that they could have been successful six years ago, right, when I was 22. The truth of the matter is, when I was 22, I was so hopped up on drugs and angry and depressed and violent and just so upset at the world that I could I could barely even hold down a job. When I was 22 years old, I had just moved back to San Antonio from Los Angeles where I was sleeping in my car and just like... I don't know, it was like chaos in my mind and in my soul, right? And when I was 23, you know, the crowning achievement was just working two jobs and actually finally having some money to spend, even though I was living with my parents. I moved back in with my parents and didn't have rent to pay, right? I don't even think I was paying my phone bill at 23, you know? So even just holding down a steady job was, like, significant and, like, not being a drug addict. Well, actually, I uh, checked into a mental hospital at 23 as I overdosed on crystal meth. I suppose that's, uh, you know, a lot of success. <laughs> Getting away from meth-doing criminals and um, actually... Getting my shit together. I don't know. You hear a lot of younger people say that. Age 24, you know, I'm making the most I've ever made as basically like a child would think, you know, working at a sushi bar and making seven, eight hundred bucks rent free is like making, I don't know, thousand, eleven hundred. And I thought that was pretty cool, blowing all my money with my girlfriend, who was most definitely wanting to spend money all the time. Paid for a real estate license, you know, passed my real estate exam, some fleeting resemblance of getting a graduate, like graduating from something. I don't know, was that to make my parents happy? Or, you know, I was trying to figure out something better to do, wanting to make more money, so that's what I did. Right? And then it just seemed like everyone was, I don't know, well, I mean, it was very difficult to transition to a sales job. I had never done sales and a lot of criticism. I guess, you know, the reason why people quit and give up in anything is because of criticism or just procrastination or just, um, you know, I don't know, self-doubt or some variation of laziness. You know, it could be a it could be a combination of all of it. Right. Segue into twenty five, you know. Got my first apartment when I was what, twenty four years old. So I wasn't interested in real estate because I felt like realtors were really just like servants, honestly. I felt like being a realtor is like you have to like be like do your utmost service. And as I investigated the best realtors and brokers in San Antonio, the number one guy was making maybe seven figures a year, but it took him 20 years to build that up, and, like, it's very much like your local territory. And I wasn't even sure that I wanted to be in San Antonio. So 
you know, I don't know. With all this wasted time, I'm slowly learning. I'm slowly accumulating new skills, kind of figuring out which route I don't want to take. You know, I guess getting me closer to the ultimate uh, goal, an ultimate version of myself. 25, I got my first sales job. $15 an hour plus $100 a sale. And I was really nervous. I didn't know if I could do it, you know. Um, I tried really hard, and eventually I pulled through. I got promoted. I was in the top percentages of the sales group. Um, you know, I was seeing the trajectory of becoming a manager in the company and going into recruiting, um, but I did not like my management. I did not want, I honestly did not really want to work for anybody. I just didn't have the balls to like completely go for it on my own, right? Because if you're going to do some kind of commission-only job, like being a realtor, a broker, insurance, life insurance, Primerica, you have all this kind of stuff, and it's like, okay, but you're going to need some other form of income while you're building that up, right? And then, I guess, the whole point of this episode, I really don't know how interesting it's going to be. Uh, sorry to disappoint you if you're still, <laughs> still listening. The whole point of this is to find my motivation because I woke up this morning and I'm just like, you know, sometimes you wake up and you're energized and you're motivated and other times you wake up and you quite, you're just questioning reality because it's like a little kid doesn't want to go to school, you know. I don't want to go to school today. I want to stay home and watch cartoons, right? You know, and as adults, we we do this, but maybe in other forms, self-medicating forms. But, you know, what is the whole, like, what is motivating me to keep going, you know? People who say they work 80 to 100 hours, are they really doing that, or are they grossly exaggerating to sound successful? I mean, it could be both, but there are people who are workaholics. You know, do I want to be a workaholic? You know, yeah, I want success, and success requires massive effort, especially when you're wanting to build a corporation from scratch, which is basically the gold fucking star, right, of being an entrepreneur. If you have over a thousand employees, you are dubbed as a large business in the United States, right? Is that going to make me feel proud of myself? I suppose so, you know? Why am I doing all this? I'm not really doing it for money, you know? Yeah, it'd be nice to swap out my gym bag for a Prada gym bag, go work out at Equinox rather than um, LA Fitness Signature Club, Right, it'd be nice to live in a high-rise apartment in Houston versus the master bedroom of a condo that I'm sharing. Right, it'd be nice to have a warehouse that I could, you know, soup up with, you know, employees and a staff room and do my listings in my warehouse. It would be way more time efficient. I don't have to fucking drive to my storage unit. It'd be nice to upgrade all of these things into the superior equivalent. Right? Like an evolution of the thing, you know? It's like Americans are so fucked up that the older that they get, the more confidence that they lose. That's what it seems like. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. You know, once you hit like mid to late 30s, you know what? Your life is already over anyway. So the bitter resolve to stay to, you know, your, your current 
past. Warren Buffett wasn't a billionaire until he was like 51, but, you know, he became the world's wealthiest man. Sam Walton became the world's wealthiest man. Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates all became the world's wealthiest man. Is that my goal? It is my goal, and it is my goal to surpass all of them as a trillionaire. Now, why? Why is this my goal? I suppose because all of the years of BS, all of the years of depression and drug abuse and seriously, like, contemplating death, you know, that's not healthy for a person to go through. Like, I don't think I ever would have killed myself. But when all you feel is misery, miserable inside, and, you know, I guess it's a loss of love, it's misery, it's not being a good person, you know, you're just filled with so much darkness and hate and anger and sorrow, you know, misery, like, everything's just miserable. You know, I should be grateful that I'm a healthy, functioning adult right now, having gone through all of that, you know. I should be grateful that I'm not on medication. I should be grateful that I'm not smoking pot every day, and I'm not an alcoholic. Actually, I don't even drink. I don't really care to drink unless it's social. I suppose I should be grateful and proud of that, you know, the negation of all of that negative, because it was a lot of negative, but what is the motivation, you know? I want to counterbalance all of that. I want to counterbalance all of the lethargy, all of the slowness, you know. I want to do something incredible. I want to do something great. I want a grand lifestyle. I've always been grand, and if you're not going to have a grand imagination, then in my opinion, you're just average, and, you know, I just can't be average. It's like something in me just despises the thought of being average, you know? <clears throat> so, I imagine what my life would be like had I not veered off path, severely veered off path when I was 20 years old. Um, I suppose I would have graduated from the business school with a degree in finance, I would have worked for some kind of bank or financial institution for a couple of years, got an MBA somewhere, hopefully better than my alma mater, right? And then I would have continued up the corporate track, try to become, <clears throat> um, I don't know, a manager, uh, try to become an executive. That was the kind of path that my parents had groomed me for subconsciously or intentionally. So I imagine, like, what, I would be 28, you know, I guess I would still be with the company trying to, you know, get higher and higher promotions, trying to groom my resume for leveraging power if I decided to go work for other organizations. And I think, honestly, the paths would have converged. I really do. I think I would be doing the same exact thing had I stayed on that track because it's never been about money. And it's never even quite been about status, you know. I When I was in the business school in UT Austin, that was considered, like, you're the shit because that was the most difficult school to get into and it was also the highest paying for its graduates. So you were kind of considered to be of a higher rank than everybody else. <clears throat> like when you introduce yourself at parties and this and that. And it's kind of like a business card, you know people are impressed. I never felt really like that proud. I guess it was kind of nice, but I was felt depressed, 
you know, I felt depressed because it's like, I don't even know if this is what I want to do with my life. How can I truly be proud of something when I don't, I don't even have full ownership of the choice? I didn't even fully make the choice. The choice was partially made for me, and I just settled on it as a best-case scenario. I think when people do that in life, it's kind of depressing, you know. I think it saps you of your true potential and your energy. You know, I wish parents would allow their children or empower their children to make true choices. Anyways, let me try to wrap this up because I'm heading to my storage unit, a.k.a. warehouse, and I got a lot of work to do. But what is the motivation, you know? What's going to get you to actually work 80, 100 hours? You know, because it's difficult. In America, people think that's painful, you know? It becomes easier over time with repetition and discipline, and you just basically sack up and fucking, you know, just do it, right? Um, it's no different than cramming for a test. It's no different than trying to get into a good school. It's no different than trying to get an awesome job, land that awesome job. This is the awesome job, creating a large business corporation and fucking killing it, you know, providing massive value to some kind of marketplace that has not quite innovated, right? It could be any market. It could be any industry. And in fact, I will duplicate this several times in different emerging markets because I can, because I will. You're developing a skill, a higher level skill, synthesizing motivation, synthesizing supply and demand, finding those incredible value trades, getting a thousand, two thousand percent ROI. You know, people invest in stocks and mutual funds and bonds and real estate. Okay, you might beat the market, quote-unquote, beat the market 10% um, 10 interest every year, right? That would beat the market, the market's 7. Okay, how do people build these corporations? You know, to become, to create a multi-billion or a trillion-dollar corporation, that means the ROI of you and your business is like 100,000%. Think about that. Maybe that's what I'll call the episode. A hundred thousand fucking percent ROI year after year. Apple is now worth a trillion dollars. You know how big of a number a trillion is? That's like a hundred thousand times a hundred thousand, right? Like, so that's like an increase of like ten thousand, fifty thousand percent every fucking year, right? Okay, I would like to invest in those kinds of fucking portfolios, right? Imagine a 50,000% increase year after year compounding to become, you know, worth $20 billion or $100 billion or whatever, Amazon. That's nuts, right? That means a person created that percentage. That means a person figured out something wrong with, you know, the world or the market, or that means that the person, you know, matched up value where there was no value, you know. That's why I obsessively study billionaires, because, like, what in them created this ROI of, like, 10,000% a year? You know, what is that skill? What is that thing, you know? They're identifying something just magnificent, Right? And they're solving the problem. Now, a lot of people do not have the confidence, number one, as I ended the episode. They do not have the confidence to think 
well, I could do that, right? Because they think they've got to be Ivy League, right? you got to go to Princeton or Harvard or Stanford. Or, like, you know, you've got to already been successful since age six. You know, like, a lot of these autobiographies paint the portrait of, like, the person was gifted by God. You know, the person was displaying magnificent success and ambition since they were a child. You know, I don't think that's true. I think that that's the human desire to rationalize. Because it's like, how can someone be that, you know, worthy? You know, if, you're, if your net worth is that high, what does that mean? You're worthy or you're worth so much. What makes that person worth so much? You know, they must be touched by God, right? That's like the only way to justify. It must be some divine appointment, right? It must be willed by God. I believe that I have uh, the key to a door, and the door only opens for me. And the door is called the Lux Exchange, and it's synthesizing two uh, of the three apparel value apparel markets, right? I believe it's it only opens for me. It will only open for me, and I'm the only one that can do it. It was reserved for me. Everything I ever went through and experienced was to prepare me for this, right? So when you believe that, I'm in River Oaks right now, the wealthiest apartment, I mean, wealthiest neighborhood in Houston. I feel like it cleanses my spirit when I drive through here. It really does, like, cleansing to me. Now, okay, people think that, like, okay, I've had to do it. I've had to invent Instagram and Snapchat by the time I was 20 years old. You know, it's too late for me now. Let me just give up and watch fucking, you know, CNN and, and movies, right? Or they think, I didn't go to Princeton. I didn't get an MBA from Harvard Business School. You know, how am I going to build my own large corporation, a 1,000 employees, right, to stay profitable? Because you got to keep paying those employees, right? The money you're making is to pay your employees, and then you're making everything off the top of that, right? Okay. Uh, I, I don't have a business degree. You know, fuck that. I didn't have an MBA. You know, you want to learn about leadership, just listen to a fucking biography by a leader. You know, what the hell is some guy in a crummy suit who's a professor going to tell you about leadership? Does that guy lead anything? No, he's just condensing the knowledge of other leaders, okay? You really need to pay someone to do that. Listen to fucking audiobook. All right. There's anger inside and there's rage and the rage is the desire to dominate because the domination comes from, look, you know, you feel like you had a shitty life, you had a shitty card dealt in life, you wish your childhood was better, you wish that your early, you know, adulthood, everything should have been smooth and crystal perfect, then I would probably be an employee, you know, I don't know, all of this pain has got to mean something to me. And all this pain has got to translate into production and results. You know what I mean? And what's going to motivate you? You know, what's going to motivate you is the burning desire. What the fuck is a burning desire? And why do you have a burning desire? Who are you trying to prove wrong? Is it the love of creation or is it the hatred of inflicted pain? You know, why not be both? It would probably be more productive if it was both of those things, you know? Okay, I love for creation, you know? 25 promotion 
than thinking about being a manager for a sales company. You know, but that is the same shit, corporate, you know, and I didn't like corporate. I want to own my own corporate. I want a 1,000 employees and be classified by the United States government as a large corporation, right? And then 26, network marketing, you know, okay, yeah, I'm starting to meet people worth multiple six figures, seven figures, maybe even eight figures, but, you know, there are only a few roads to take. Solo entrepreneur, solo investor, you know, real estate investor, um, angel investor investing in startups. You know, there's only a few routes to take. The roads get much more few and far in between once you go into like seven, eight, nine figures, right? Well, the good news is they're pretty easy to study and they'll tell you what they did if you're nice enough and humble enough to ask them and give them value, sincere value, not just flattery and, and, you know, meaningless praise. They'll tell you what they did, and they'll tell you how to do it. Not that hard. You must laser focus your mind, you know, more time throughout the week. Week after week, every week is the same. You must laser focus your mind 40 to 80 hours on the thing that you want. You got to, like, be literally laser lasered in. It's the only thing that matters, you know? Starting a family doesn't matter to me. I don't care about that until I'm filthy rich, okay? Finding the love of my life doesn't really matter to me because the woman that I want is looking for billionaires. You know what I mean? Um, And then, you know, 26 MLM. Yeah, but MLM is not self-made. And I guess the, the really deep desire in my heart was to own a corporation, own my own corporation, founder and CEO, right? You're not going to do that with the MLM. So it's like every single year, year after year, I was getting closer to the thing that I truly wanted. I didn't even quite know what I truly wanted. I guess subconsciously I was driving towards it, you know, and then everything kept disappointing me, and everything was kind of a letdown because all of those roads were collapsing in on themselves because they were not really bringing me fulfillment. You know, I'm such a transparent person. Either it fulfills me and I go closer to it or it does not fulfill me and I collapse it. I collapse the option. I destroy the option. I cannot be around people who are talking me out of my big goals because and, and criticizing me for the things that they are. You know, a lot of times when you criticize someone, you're actually saying exactly what... Um, you are. I failed you as a parent. Now that just means you think you're a failure. You know what I mean? Um, no results. Yeah, that just means you haven't really accomplished that much in your life. You know what I mean? You know where? You know have you done anything yet? You know that just means that you really don't do very much. You know what I mean? People who encourage you are people who are actually motivated. People that inspire you and hold you accountable and goal set with you, those are the ones that really love you because those are the only ones that understand your language, you know. What do we need to do to get ahead? What's your, you know, three-month, six-month forecast? What can we do to bring those results into the tangible? Nobody who ever, quote-unquote, loved me ever told me, you know, brought up these things. Nobody who ever, quote-unquote, loved me ever, like, said, okay, well, let's go over a three-month projection to get you to where you really want to go. You know, not that they didn't love me, but just that they don't understand the language of success, you know. 
and therefore I walk a lonely road. Not very many people speak the language of success, you know. What do we need to do to hit your mark in three, the next three to six months, the next two to three years? You know, how do we crystallize this, bring this into existence? Anyways, the thing that motivates me is, yeah, I want to continue to appreciate in value tens of thousands of percentages every year, year after year. I want to continuously increase at enormous rates. You know, when you... Like, one of the things in my head that plays over and over again is the news forecast, you know, like uh, news anchors, and the headline is Benjamin Ross becoming the world the wealthiest man in, in the world, Benjamin Ross becoming the world's first trillionaire, you know. I hear it in my mind because that's what I want, you know, laser focus, focus it in. It's unreasonable. Nobody's ever done that, and nobody's ever come close. It's totally unreasonable. It's unrealistic. I didn't go to Stanford or Harvard. I'm 28 starting my first business. You know, it's not logical. It's illogical. You know, I don't care. It's the only thing that matters to me, the only thing that really brings me any kind of fulfillment and pleasure, you know, because I have the balls to go for it, and I arranged my life to do it on my own terms. You know, a lot of people are like, well, why didn't you finish school, get the job, so that you could have money. But don't you understand, guys, it's not about having seed money if you don't even know what to do with it. It's not about having, you know, an excess, you know, abundant, like, savings account. All those people start their own businesses and fail, and they lose all their money anyway. It's not about that. It's about the drive to make continuous progress in results. I can never feel satisfied underneath somebody, you know, underneath the rule of somebody else, it saps me of my creative energy. Anyways, that's the story that I'm telling for myself. And now that I'm totally free, you know, totally self-employed, it allows me to look at things in a much different way. And it's all up to me. Nobody tells me to work 80 hours, 100 hours. Nobody tells me to do that, you know. Nobody tells me to work an extra this, an extra day, you know. It's so easy to just be like everybody else. Go to the bar, go to the club, watch TV, watch movies, go on dates, play games. It's so much easier to do that. Who prescribed 40 hours? is, like, reasonable. Who did that, you know? Who prescribed a hundred to 200,000 is, you know, good enough or commendable? Who prescribed that, you know? Anyways, the burning desire, the motivation is honestly rooted in a lot of anger. It's rooted in a lot of aggression, and it's rooted in a lot of, like, I am commanding my own universe, and nobody is going to take that away from me. And nobody is going to challenge me, and you would be foolish to do so, but nobody does. Ultimately, I'll just beat it into a pulp. You know, nobody really gets in my way. Nobody challenges me. I steamroll them, you know, just as I have to steamroll myself on the mornings and the days when I'm like, you know, man, I'm just working all the time. You know, but the progress is obvious, 
and the accumulation is evident and the momentum always increases and I just have to outperform everybody because you know it's a brain and it's a machine anyways I don't know how motivational this was you know if you actually listened to it so far you know cool I suppose you think I'm interesting you know but anyways I mean, okay, so if someone is still listening, then I'll flip it outwards and I'll say, what is the motivation for you, you know? Are you just curious about success? Are you curious about someone who has a dream? People are very, very curious about me when I talk about my goals and my dreams, you know? And it's almost like I have an ability to turn on a light inside of someone because you don't hear many people speaking of these things that often. I'm building a platform, you know. I'm building a large corporation of a thousand plus employees. You don't hear that too often. You know, it makes people curious to say the least, you know, but how are you gonna actually apply it? You know. Bottom line is you're not too old to start. A lot of people, Morgan Freeman, Warren Buffett, they did not really come into the fruit of their, you know, supreme success until they were like fifty. Is never too late, you know. Bottom line is, it's like you have to find something that you care about more than just distracting yourself. It's like television is a drug, you know. It really is. And people are doped up on watching, you know, entertainment. I feel like life is more entertaining. I feel like I want to play the money game. The money game is much more fun to me than any video game. It's not real. You know, you win in a video game, okay, congratulations, you know, big deal. You win in the money game, everyone thinks you're fucking shit. Everyone thinks you're incredible. Anyways, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up. A lot of these episodes are therapeutic for me, just kind of get it all out, to get it all out of my system, you know. Yeah, I'm 28. It took me eight years from when I chose my own path. It took me six years, seven years from when I, no, not even, no, I'm going backwards. It took me seven years, eight years. It took me five years from when I got off drugs, like totally, like actually three or four years. It took me two years from when I actually started taking a career seriously. And it took me one year since I decided that I could do this totally on my own and start my own corporation. You know, you say you start your own business. That doesn't really mean that much, okay? I start my own corporation. That has some meaning to it. That starts to make sense. I'm starting a large corporation. I'm not starting a business. I'm starting a large corporation that will probably be publicly traded because that is what is going to bring me fulfillment and motivate me to work the 80 to 100 hours. Nothing else is going to motivate me to do that. You know what I mean? If all I want to do is work 40 hours and make two, 300K, then yeah, you know, getting an MBA sounds like a fucking great idea. You know, but if I want to be a millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire, you know, like immensely successful, iconic, to leave a legacy, you know, that's what the that's what the desire is. Be iconic, you know. Achieve a legacy. Be spectacular, almost superhuman. You know, do we identify with these 
ex-billionaire celebrities as icons? I don't even know. You know, you look at Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, do you really think they're icons? You made a movie about him because he died prematurely. Does that make him iconic? I don't know. How much time do I spend every day thinking about Steve Jobs? Zero percent. You know, Jeff Bezos. It's like we want to achieve this iconic status, celebrity status, but it's like even if and when that happens, what do people even really think about you? Really, probably not much, you know. So the only thing that really matters is the impact that you leave on the planet. And hopefully you're trying to help people once you accumulate that much power. So anyways, those are all the things that motivate me. Now I hope that you find some motivation for yourself and uh, remember why you're doing the things that you do.